Hello everyone, welcome to The Wave Initiative, I'm your host, The Wave. This is the show where every other week I'll be talking about anime, manga and everything in between. This week I'll be talking about a manga I like a lot. I have just reread it just for this review and yeah, that's basically it. Gun Clover or Gun X Clover as it's written. So before I even start, I have a few disclaimers this time. The first one, as always... Spoiler alert, I will talk about most of the plot points in the story, so spoilers ahead. The second one is, and this is a personal thing, right? I may or may not be good enough to explain why I find this manga so good and so amazing. And for the most part, some some of the plot points are not really well explained in like trying to boil it down so I really urge you who listen to this to give it a try and read it if you can I think it is available on Amazon on Kindle or physical but that may or may not be true I don't know the third one is the first time I think I have have kind of a I kind of have to do this is a content warning the themes in the story are really heavy really really heavy and some of the scenes they show some of the frames some of the fighting and not even not only that but also some of the flashbacks and some of the the overall themes and things that happen are really really not only gross but they really have subjects, so there's that, so content warning given. So now, after the lengthy disclaimers, let's start with the stats. Also a mini disclaimer right now. This is one of the few mangas I got to reveal that it is so niche that I only have the fandom wiki. And the only Wikipedia article I could find, or anything for that matter, about this manga is in Japanese. And as I'm not fluent, I may or may not get enough information to do a st- extensive review of it, or explain some uh, some outside things of the manga for myself. That being said... Um, Google Translate is a miracle of technology, so I can get some somewhere. Let, let's see about it. So, first off, let's start with the stats. First things first, it was published uh, beginning in 2012 and ended publishing in 2017. The manga, the manga is... Um, collaboration between an author that I really like, a mangaka I really really like, and an artist that I don't actually know much. This is the first work of him that I... of him, of them that I read. So the author is Yamaguchi Mikoto and the artist is just 
said to be his pen name is DP. So, anyways, Yamaguchi Mikoto, just, just as a side note right now, he's one guy that I strictly f try to find all his works to read because the way he writes his stuff is pretty interesting on my book. It goes towards my personal, let's say, research subject or, let's say, the one experience I like in manga that is finding this really out there manga. His, most of his characters are really um, not only complex, but the, the themes of the stories and the, the way the story goes is really nice. That's just uh, my opinion already, but this is my opinion on the author. Someday I may, probably, I hope, I will get to review more of his works and eventually maybe do a deep dive on him itself. But anyways, that's not for today. So, the manga has 60 chapters, each chapter containing between 30 and 40 pages. So, it is a somewhat of a lengthy kind of deal, although I would say it's really short. I think it's unfortunate that it only has 60 chapters because, man, oh boy, towards the end, I was just like, oh man, I want to see more of it. I just want to see more of it. And, and it ends. I would not say the ending is strictly bad or abrupt as some of the best things I reviewed, but I mean, I think it's too short. I, I really like the, the characters in general. And I, I would really like to see more of it, but yeah, that's that's how things go. So after the stats, let's go to the story or why did I why did I read it? So just this little story before I even start this the story of the manga. How did I find this thing, right? So this is a really really niche kind of deal. How did I find it? There's, there are two tags, there are more than two tags on this manga, but the one, the two that really got my attention was romance and military. I mean, I don't really like military stuff as much, I, I am just a gun nut, I like guns. And for, for one, this is one of those manga that the artist really knows his stuff about guns uh, into themselves and not only the artist but also the author so it is nice to see for me at the very least some kind of references some kind of uh, knowledge inside the, um, the let's say the means of combat because most of the time it is just oh draw just um normal 9mm kind of deal and don't don't really pay attention but given the themes that I will talk about in the manga it is really nice to see the I would say care they give to the means of combat given everything that happens in the manga towards the end okay so enough horsing around let's start so this manga it is the tale or Better yet, let's start from the beginning. So the first first chapter we 
get more or less to meet um, the main subjects of the of the whole manga itself. So we get to meet the main girl, who is Nanase Kotonoha, who is this girl with the um, at first the special, let's say the special quirk that first off she has the um, multiple personalities inside herself. So I don't actually remember the the name itself in, in English, but the multiple personalities disorder kind of deal and for accompanying this quirk the um, there is this tattoo on her upper chest that basically has a number to signalize who is in let's say who's in control of the body at certain points so at this point we already have traces of kind of science and magic kind of deal. They never really explain how she got the tattoo, but she, someone marked her with it. And then we get to meet the main character, who is Hayama Morito. At this first point, Morito... And yeah, just just to give the setting, right? So Nanase is transferring into school, and Morito is already um, a student there. He's... Uh, really small guy, really uneventful kind of deal and all. And then we get presented with the world building around the whole setting of the thing. So this one school, Mikado High School, is a school for special people and really important people who need to be escorted, aka who need bodyguards at, at all times for one reason or another. So they give at this first point that most of the students are either sons and daughters of politicians, engineers, important people who might be targeted for whatever reason. And in the case of Kotonoha, she has this one special power, which they call language grave. So for whatever reason, Kotonoha was born with this ability that she, whenever a language, what is that language, right? So what is language grave? There is this terminology that is used when we talk about indigenous people and in faraway places or untouched places, let's say, that they have unique languages for themselves. If for some reason, all the people that use that language, they pass away, the language is pronounced dead, so it is a language that existed at some point, and whether it was written or only spoken or whatever, it is now dead as it, it is not used anymore, but we can trace that the language was existed at some point. Which means, for the reasons of the manga, that whenever a language with power is dead, so everyone who used it passed away, Kotonoha gets this, let's say, gets to add something f for her internal library, more or less. And it, it is something compulsory, she does not have control over it, so whenever uh, that uh, language becomes dead, she gets a new power, let's say. So. If there is power within the language, she gets to know it innately, basically. And for this reason, she's being targeted all over the world because 
weapons. Um, at some point, they even bring up some languages that can bring people from the dead, buff up warriors, and so on and so forth. The the manga goes pretty wide from then on. And then the the other side of the in, on the other side of the coin in this school is that the scorts, the bodyguards that are guarding the children also study there undercover more or less they are pretty open about who is a squirt and who's a normal student but for the reasons of the manga it never really becomes a secret because you can there are character quirks and designs that really give off if one person is a student or if they are a squirt and whatever but the ob objective here is that um, these people who are targeted and need to be guarded, they can live off, um, they can live out a normal school life in this mostly normal school that also has these bodyguards and all. And on the side, right? So all these bodyguards are more or less mercenaries, which are who are governed from a kind of a central system more or less they never really explain much of it but each mercenary has their own rank and so we go from c rank to s and then there is master rank who are only 13 people in the world at a time can be master rank and the master ranks are the ones who give out promotions and demotions and moves and whatever so going back to the to the thing right so enough word building let's go back so morito is appointed as not as kotonoha's bodyguard squirt and from then on we get to meet already the some of the people at the school and the ball basically gets rolling from day one so First things first, the f actual, actual first personality of Kotonoha that we get to meet because she has multiple personalities. She has seven personalities inside her, including her, so six more. The first one we get to meet is Futaba, who is personality number two, who is this really, she cannot trust anyone and she's really apathetic to other people for the most part. She... And also, she's one of the most, let's say, violent or quick to kind of resort to violent, but she cannot kill another human. So the first scene, basically, is she gets presented to the class, and the first thing she does is point a um, knife at Morito's neck. And for the sake of explanation, right, so that we need to understand the whole thing, and, and this is... Not a major spoiler, because it will be spoiled in like a few pages, but Morito appears to anyone at the school as this really uh, fragile, weak uh, kid, more or less, although he's a second year in high school, whatever. And he, he appears to be really weak, but actually he's the number four master rank undercover, and then we get to see the reasons why he needs to be undercover and eventually why 
they even think they, he's dead and everything else. But before I even get to that, so the, the first thing is Futabat points a, a knife at Morito's neck. Everyone else except Morito's reacts to stop her. And then we get this first exposition about how all the personalities inside Kotonoha are just, they just exist to protect Kotonoha. So we later learn that she went through a whole lot of trauma because of her ability and because of she later being targeted by people to get her power that she in one certain event she crumbled so bad that she basically created these six other personalities to protect herself basically in psychological terms let's say not only psychological terms but also the other things that come up so after that we get to meet uh, the people the first people at school so we get to meet the Saiga sisters who Eventually, uh, Mizuki and Hibana, who are Morito's classmates, they are the youngest A rank in the world. So, A rank, S rank, I don't actually remember. They eventually become side characters, really, so not really important. Hibana, in specific, she becomes really, really side character. Mizuki, eventually, she gets not, I would not say a major, but she gets more more playtime, more screen time than Hibana. From that point on, we get to... So, there are these two classmates. We get to meet also the class rep- representative, which I don't actually remember the name because she's also a side character that doesn't actually come up really much. And then we get to meet the first teacher, who is Eleanor, or Eleonora. They get a whole lot of nicknames for her in the in the middle of the manga so she's one of Morito's students so she's a teacher but she's a, a mercenary rank S under Morito she's Russian and she I think they call her the bloody empress because she uses a sword to fight in gunfights and whatever Nobody here ever watched Indiana Jones, I think. Anyways, I'm getting off track. So, from this point on, we get to see the other thing. So, the next thing we see is that there is a new, let's say, a kind of new personality that appears. That is Yotsuba. So, it's the personality number four. Who's this really intelligent? She's the... I think they say... She has uh, 184 IQ. She's really, really intelligent. She and also, uh, how do I say this? She's really lewd. I don't actually know the terminology I need to to say here for. But she's the the more let's say open one. She's more sociable. She has all this, and she's also very scheming. So, the, the thing about, the really normal trope about offering up the body and whatever. It is, it is funny because she's the, the complete opposite to Futaba at this point. And you see how the, the contrast between the personalities already. And, and so she, she, her scheming to 
see if Molito is actually worth protecting Kotonoha because again their objective is to protect Kotonoha. To actually test him she basically tips off a group of mercs to capture her more or less and yeah basically it and she gets kidnapped and then they kind of need to pay a ransom and whatever but even before that <laughs> I already skipped a, a character that will become important. In one mini altercation between Morito and, and this one character, we get to meet uh, Zabini. Sabini. Uh, from one point to the other of the manga, they start calling her Zabini with a Z, and then from some point uh, later, it is changed to an S. To Sabini, I don't actually... I didn't actually read the raw so I don't I can't confirm whether it's one or the other but anyways and she's also um, Merc under Morito she's also S rank and for one reason or another given the the nature of the altercation Morito shows off the, his first let's say a quirk as this S rank master um, mercenary rank master he has this what they call the Drew Sergeant mode. So basically, he when he gets angry, he gets really angry and down to the ground punishes everyone. The thing is, right? So in this Drew Sergeant mode, he demotes Sabine back to C rank and forces her to stay at school to get <laughs> to get a job and re and try to regain her rank and whatever. I, I say this like that, but it is really comical the way it comes out. Talking about Sabine's design, it is a bit on the nose for me, especially because I got them love Infinite Stratos. But Sabine, if you look at her on the manga, and given the time frame of the publication of this manga, also Sabine is inspired by Laura Bodebic from IS Infinite Stratos, and I, I cannot prove it, but. The vibe is there. She has the same eye patch because the, her quirk, her ability is that she has this one eye who is kind of not mythical itself, but it can see the beyond the reality, the mundane world, let's say. So at some point she can actually see some strange power, some things that... I'll give a, an example of the, the later characters just to make the point. So at some point in time, she sees that uh, in Morito's chest, there is some part of a tattoo burned off. And with the eye, she can kind of see the um, what characters of the tattoo were burned off and all. And also she can kind of see special powers and things that are not there. And eventually she kind of unlocks the power to see kind of in the future. I said kind of a lot of times, but that's pretty much the best explanation I can give because I, I need to boil down this this whole thing. So, back to the thing. After Yotsuba gets kidnapped by herself, let's say, um, we meet Tora. Tora is, uh, at this point, a C-level C. I think it's C level Merc, 
that studied under one of one of Morito's original students. And the the one Kirk Tora has is that she actually is let's I don't think they actually say them this accurately, but she is impaired in the vision not to be totally blind, but mostly and so she fights with echolocation kind of deal. So her ears are better than her eyes. And so she uses her, her audition to kind of fight and do stuff. And for one reason or another, she fights with Morito because at this point she thinks she wants revenge for Morito because Morito was why her master died and whatever. And he disrespects her master. And so there is this whole whole close combat fight and and go go. It comes out as Morito actually explaining and not only let's say redeeming himself, but also redeeming the f- why the the master of Todas died. So he eventually comes up again. He was name was Salim, he became blind after some kind of altercation in a battlefield years ago and had to learn this echolocation I will not say systems this echolocation technique but that eventually got him killed because he relied too much on it and so Morito could now fighting Tora she conveyed that to her and so we go to the trope that she learning that he was the original master of his master. She falls in love with him. It is not even a secret at that point. It, it is like really thrown. And just this, I would just give this blanket statement kind of deal. But at this point in the manga, they are adding a whole lot of, a whole lot of characters because they need to build the overarching story kind of do, and for the people who actually become allies for Morito, they all become either students or teachers in the Mikado High School, except for Zabine, because Zabine becomes, I think, the janitor, because she's demoted and whatever, but then Tora becomes the school nurse, and yeah, that's basically it. So then after this thing, we get to actually have, um, let's say, um, Nark to introduce the main antagonists and also a bit more of the allies inside the Mikado High School. So there is this thing they do that is this kind of school trip kind of deal that they take the second years to a deserted island to, to do a trip, so camp out and eat curry and whatever. At this point, we get introduced to a whole lot of people because basically the antagonists come out the deep end and we get to see what actually is happening in the world. So first, before even the trip even starts, there is this one character who is introduced, who is Alex, who is another master rank undercover in the school. He does not stick around much, so... He just appears just to give the warning and basically hype up the whatever is going to happen. So Alex is the youngest master rank in the world. So 
he just appears there and they change uh, mean looks and whatever and alludes to the fact that Kotonoha is being targeted targeted by his associates let's say so from that point on we get to see the let's say the preparation for the school trip there is the normal school trip and also the school trips for the squad students let's say who so let's say 50% of the people in the school are normal students who need to be protected the other 50% is the bodyguards let's say and the bodyguards need to stay up to school standards so they organize a side trip for the squad so they have to plan out security detail and routes and training and whatever and so we get introduced to a whole lot of side characters that appear from the squad part of the school in the second year so we get to meet let's start with the ones that really get thrown to the side so there is Deborah who is an oh my god (laughs) words are not working right now an Italian mercenary on I think it's a rank all all of them I think they are all a ranks overall so there is Deborah there is Gonzalez who's a Brazilian and and in typical Japanese stereotype the Brazilian has uh, you know and then we get Kiryu who's this Russian squirt who is he's one edgy 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 motherfucker but uh, whenever he appears it's kind of funny but anyways he does not appear much but it is kind of funny towards the end it it becomes even funnier but because of the situation and whatever but anyways and then we get to meet the one most important uh, girl in the second year at this point Giselle Hamelin who's we later discovered that she's the daughter of one of the master ranks and so and she's French and they they get this they try to play it out uh, this part of the international cooperation inside the school because the the guys don't actually work that well together and so there is this whole try to organize kind of deal and also because there is this let's say mini arc for Giselle herself because from this point on we get to see that Morito, although he's undercover and whatever, Giselle eventually discovers because of the things that happen that Morito is actually a master rank and she obviously falls in love with him because yeah and but also the, there is this this mini arc of her becoming a commander in the battlefield because uh, let's get to it so we get to meet these characters and we go to the trip so in the trip the things start really normal and kind of do whatever but then the evil guys comes out so as it was alluded to Alex was targeting to kidnap slash research um, Kotonoha oh also at this point we get to meet two other personalities of Kotonoha so Mitsuba who is this actually wild she more or less acts as an animal because she has the most uh, fighting power let's say so she can go wide go wild to defend herself and 
even kill people for some um, in some instances. She can not even talk. Uh, I don't know if it became clear really. And also Itsuba, who's a guy personality inside Kotonoha, who has this kind of kung fu kind of demeanor. So it is a guy and. He bonds with Morito in a bro level kind of deal. Anyway, so these two are minor personalities that don't actually influence the plot much. But anyways, let's get to it. So something goes wrong. The, um, the detail is planned by Giselle at this point, And the whole thing comes comes crumbling down when these three uh, random mercenaries from whatever come out. And they are basically immortal. So the guys start dumping 556 and eventually 50 BMG with a Madus on them. And they just keep coming back and back. So here comes the dead languages kind of deal. And then we get introduced to the main antagonist for the manga, who is Higuchi Sayuri. She is. Morito's master and she's a lolly and later on I mean the fact is as they told the story until now we know that Morito defies his age so Morito seems like a guy a teenager at this point but he has over well well over 50 years in age um Sayuri she is Morito's master, so she and she defies even more her age. So if Morito is 50, Sayori is at the very least 100 years old. And later on, we get to know that due to some things done to her when she was young and really in the early 1900s, she basically is immortal. So no one's age is actually told, but Sayori, for sake of the manga, she is a lolly, but she's really, really old. So from this point on, we get to to see that Sayori is the main bad guy, and um, her whole plan is to build up this organization they call the Child's Room, who basically try to not only enlist it, but train and transform children into super soldiers and so the the i say like this really glossing over the details because it, it becomes really gross at this point in time the, the whole thing becomes really really gross the the whole plot gets really heavy at this point because the stakes get too high and they actually show some of the atrocities that come out of it so it is really oh my man it is bad there there is this one flashback that morito remembers from when he was kind of working with Sayuri still way back in the past and the whole flashback it's it is fucked up there are no other words in english that i can describe this better but it is fucked up and from this point on the the manga just goes wild with how fucked up it becomes i, I would just say that and for one reason or another, the whole thing just comes tumbling down and we get to meet another of the personalities in Kotonoha that is Nanoha. Nanoha is the seventh personality. She's the this really kind of collected 
a Japanese woman kind of I don't really know the, the terminology for that but she's this traditional Japanese woman that she has the power to use any language that Kotonoha has already used from the language grave so Nanoha cannot access the language grave itself but if Kotonoha has already used the language once Nanoha can use it freely and from that point on we see this whole thing unfold so a lot of students get get beaten by these master ranks because Morito is a master rank Alex at this point is becomes a bad guy is a sole master rank against the students and Sayuri is master of a master rank so yeah she obviously is master rank and a whole lot of students get injured some of the extras pass away get killed none of the ones that were presented to us get killed the the ones that just show up for one frame get killed so there there's a lot a whole slaughter but nobody that actually affects something is affected let's say and then the the arc the arc ends with the fact that Morito is super powerful and some of the people know that but not everyone at the school knows that for for real and then we jump to the next the next arc where we get to meet um, a whole lot of other um, people who will end up be important in the long run in this next arc we get to basically someone comes out to Morito to say that one of the um, let's say indigenous reserves is getting targeted by the child's room to get their their language that that is almost dead so there is only one person in this indigenous area that knows the language and if they die the language will go to Kotonoha and if they don't die they probably will deliver this to the bad guy so uh, you either go or go <laughs> kind of deal and somebody to vows to yeah I will go and leave Kotonoha here oh yeah I I think I didn't say this but at this point we we have met Kotonoha herself right so and at this point the beginning she's really let's say she, she does not have anything special going for her at this point but she develops as times goes on I, I will not really touch on that because the romance at this point is not really some something really important there are mini arcs in between the main things that happen that show the development not only from her for, but from other personalities but anyways that that's not important for the meat and potatoes of this review so this ne next arc so Morito has to travel to South America more Central America if, uh, I think they say it I don't actually remember to kind of save this language and but then he ends up being tagged by not only Kotonoha who is snuck up in the, in the jet but also Mizuki who is one of the Saga sisters from the beginning and Giselle because the person who presented the case to them is Jean and Gaston Hamelin who are mother and father of Giselle and also because they they clearly say that 
Uh, also, we have a younger daughter who's a prodigy, but she's MIA, as also known as missing in action, trying to defend this indigenous area. So Giselle tags along because it is her sister's rescue mission, kind of deal. In so we go there, we find out a whole lot, of, whole lot of things. So there is this at at this point there is this indigenous uh, tribe that that are basically three people. We get only get to meet three people. There is the old guy, the grandpa, the granddaughter who's Sorte, and her brother Toshu. But Toshu actually is not her brother. It's kind of a homunculus made by the the powers of the the Teotoro, the name of the tribe, the Teotoro language, because they can kind of move earth and golems and whatever. And he was basically created just to be Sorte's little brother, kind of do, because she was lonely. And so there's this whole emotional arc of the Teotoro people we get to meet. There is this whole development of, of the characters. And we get to meet also one of... At this point, the villains, the master, one of the master ranks, who's Crow. Crow is a master of disguises, and she's the true, uh, true neutral kind of character. So, if you ever play D and D or whatever, true Crow, it, it she's the um, I do what I want because I want it and whatever. So basically, she just mostly right. So she just aims for whatever shines brighter in terms of jewelry, and her objective in the Teotoro language in the Teotoro area is to steal a um, kind of a ruby that Sorte has. Also in this arc, we get to meet another of Morito's old students, who is Hiromi. Hiromi has her own set of circumstances that I don't actually need to enter because I don't actually feel not only not comfortable but I, I don't want to dig into into that but Hiromi is a pervert ju just that and in love with Morito as every one of his students at this point so we get to see this altercation between Morito Giselle, Mizuki, and Kotonoha against the child's room led by Crow and another S rank called Col uh, Colonel Buster. This guy is... They tried to give him a whole lot of personality quirks to make it more... making him more hideous and build up that hate for the villain, right? So, But he's mostly just a side character at this point. As a result, there's this whole emotional thing about the Teotoro people because the grandpa kind of dies defending her his land and defend his granddaughter. And then Toshu also dies trying to defend his sister. Uh, Sorte is basically traumatized at this point, but Morito stands the, the hand of friendship. And Crow, as a true neutral, she changes side to Morito's side. And so Sorte enters the school as a student. Crow becomes her bodyguard as a student too. And Hiromi becomes another one of the teachers. At this point, I don't know if I will get everything chronologically correct, but at this point we get to the meeting of the 13. So 
at this one point after seeing the not only Sayori back alive because there's this whole flashback about uh, both Sayori and Morito faking their own deaths in one battle between them two. After that and seeing the the efforts that Child's Room is trying to get more languages from innocent people, let's say, Morito calls up a meeting of the 13, so it is some... It's a kind of special meeting between the, ma the 13 master ranks in the world that they host at the school because Japan is at this point um, one country with the most master ranks. And so we get to meet the whole, let's say, the whole board of directors of this whole thing. Most of them are not really developed. Some of them are more, some of them appear more times, but just because, just because they are basically plot devices but anyways so we get to meet the 13 so i don't actually remember the order but uh, one of them is the school director head teacher um, the school director is one of the masters she morito refers to her as grandma but we know for a fact that morito has no really blood ties with anyone there so they get to meet we get to meet all the 13 masters, um, we get to see a whole host of quirky and kind of different designs and characters, whatever. Some of them are, are designs that really just are not really developed, in my opinion, but some of them are eh, really good. The one thing that comes out of it is that one of the master ranks, who's the number one, uh, they called him the Shogun. He is apparently killed by Sayori, and so Sayori takes up his place in the um, in the board. And the other thing is that we meet finally at this point. We get this divide between the good and the bad guys because there are thirteen um, mercenary master ranks, and so we get to see this system they had uh, under the Shogun's guys. There was the system to, let's say, control whether there would be wars or not. So if a master rank would attack someone, a master rank from my country would attack someone, all the other master ranks would retaliate. And so there would be this kind of protection, let's say, from master ranks starting wars and whatever, because they would become a, to a stalemate in terms of power level. Because if six of them started... Um, award and they there would be more people to fight back because six against seven seven is bigger than six and whatever the thing is shogun first off shogun's dead uh, sayuri apparently killed him and we get to meet all the the bad guys so there are bad guys who look like bad guys and that then there is this one bad guy who's actually a math professor but we don't actually get to see their powers at this point but anyways uh, the only thing I can say is that at this point there's this one guy who Morito especially, let's say, aims at that is to become the final bad guy. The thing is that. So from this point on we get to see another arc with, the let's say, the training arc because at this point uh, Morito is really angry at his, his students that could not defend themselves against um, 
S ranks from the child's room in the school trip and in the Teotoro language crisis, let's say the, the language crisis. And also I, I skipped this one, but the, there is also one more person who's added after Sorte as a student who is Mirta Hummeling, who's Gisele's younger sister. She's a prodigy Merc. She is uh, really young and already, uh, I think, at A rank. But she's a Ciscon, and every time they present her in a frame, she's either hugged on her sister or um, being carried by her on her shoulders. It is quite funny and somewhat cute, but she's also a forward in most ways. Anyways, um, back to the thing. So there is this whole arc where they go to uh, another desert island where Morito has a safe house kind of deal. And basically it is the beach episode. We get to see the... Um, we get to see Kotonoha in a swimsuit. And we get to see some parts of Morito trying to train her, his pupils and whatever. But then there is also, inside this arc, there is the Lose Memories arc, the Amnesia arc. I, do, I hate Amnesia arcs in anime and movies. I think they are terrible as plot devices. That is... I don't know, I just hate it. Anyways, so basically... We get to see the and it ends up becoming a whole flashback arc about telling bits and bits about Morito's at this point mysterious, mysterious past. We don't actually get to see his whole past until the end of the manga. We don't actually get to see anything concrete. We can only see snippets. And basically, when he he grasses to being uh, his let's say kid status. We get to know that actually when he was a kid, he was much stronger and much, much more intent into killing people. And so there is this whole flashback arc where um, all his pupils kind of get new abilities, more or less. This is where Zabini learns to see in the future with her eye and whatever, whatever. A whole lot of things happen. And also we get to see some more enemies, some more of the, some more of the story. Not only from Morito, but also from his pupil. So we get to see a bit of the backstory of Sabine. We get to see a bit of the backstory of... At this point, Toro, we already saw the backstory. But we get to see a bit, uh, the backstory of Hiromi. And we get to see a bit the backstory of Elen Eleanor. Leonore. Oh boy. This is the fault of the Days Kang from back in 2017. I don't think there is a... <laughs> consistent way they call her I think they changed it midway but that's just my opinion I cannot confirm it I didn't read the wrong the, the thing is we we get to see this whole flashback and know a bit more of the of the side characters we get to meet not only that but also get to meet the last uh, personality we didn't meet yet that is Mutsuba Mutsuba is difficult to to explain but Mutsuba is always the one the one personality that does not come out and she is the pragmatic one when it comes to protecting Kotonoha 
later on she does a thing that triggers the whole, let's say, the ending of the manga that I hate. Every time I read that part, I, I, I hate it. I hate it with a passion. But uh, anyways, she is portrayed as a kid, uh, six years old. And her thing is, she's both a telepath, telepath, she's kind of a asper, more or less. And she has sovereignty over, let's say, Kotonoha's mind. So she can kind of delete personalities or so it, it is stored. And that's basically it. So the art comes out with the pupils, uh, so Sabine, Elena, Hiromi, and Tora. Stronger, we got to see a bit us. Yeah, also uh, the fact that Sorte and Crow kind of try to become friends, more or less. And we get to meet all the, the personalities right now. From this point on, the, the manga kind of takes a detour to make uh let's say we get to see a whole lot of side arcs um some slice of life some things presenting the more school side of the whole thing so there is this festival arc there is the more let's say the the um, good sweet stuff the roncon kind of deal <laughs> at this point it because if you saw this in a vacuum, we would say that the manga is, is a normal kind of deal. But then it comes to the sports festival. And like the school trip, the sports festival has a side thing. It basically ends up that the merc part of the school, the mercenaries, have to basically play paintball, capture the flag. And so they do. But towards the end of it, the guys from the child's room appear and start to wreck it. And then we get to meet the final, final boss, who's the the guy. The, and yeah, at this point, we are in the last stretch of the manga, really. This is the, let's say, the last arc, because I, I don't consider the last 10 chapters a different arc, because the last arc is really just getting all things tied up so at this point we already have all the let's say the pieces presented we at this point also we get to meet Morito's daughter that is not actually his blood daughter but daughter by creation and all the quirks from her side so the thing is in this in this sports festival they start playing paintball and whatever to normal stuff but the guys from the child room appear and then all they kind of start an all-out brawl between the child's room and the um, and the Mikado High faction, let's say. But then we get to see that Morito's daughter has also a split a split personality with powers, because apparently her mother had powers and is a really OP power. She basically can insta read everyone of the thoughts and intentions and whatever from people and object uh, and remaining thoughts in objects and whatever that one Morito gets kind of scrapped but he's mostly okay but then comes out the really final boss that is I think it's Simon Simon Bill I, I don't actually remember his name the f thing is 
he comes out and his power is it is difficult to describe they call it numerology i would say it is the math mathematical style of the dr manhattan kind of power so he's kind of god but not really and in one of they kind of start to fight one but not really and basically he his his punches can do atomic explosions so morito kind of dodges two of them and does not dodge the last one nearly dies and in a move that i i really like this scene but not the end of it futaba who's who's at this point is acting futsundere because she cannot admit that she loves morito because she cannot trust anyone as the introduction for for her personality implies futaba is trying to act food and and not admit that she likes Morito but at this point that he nearly dies she admits that she would sacrifice herself to save Morito and at this point Mutsuha come, comes along and erases all the memories from Kotonoha of Morito so Kotonoha does not remember who Morito is at this point oh boy how I hate that <laughs> all that work for nothing <laughs> and so we had this and then this is basically the end of the, the the end of the the character the end of the end of the chapter end of the volume but we still have a chunk and there is this time skip by three months morito has been in a coma for three months he lost one arm and now apparently everybody forgot who whoever kotona Kotonoha was. And so there is this whole arc where people with dead languages on them, uh, either by tattoos or some other kind of quirk that does not let people, let's say, manipulate memories and whatever. These people kind of become this resistance to save up the world because apparently Simon and Kotonoha at this point made up a word where she does not come into harm's way so everybody in the whole world basically forgot about her and also the word no humans no longer have the instinct of conflict so there are no longer wars there is true peace but then the word is wrong everybody everybody who can still remember what things happen know that the word is not feeling right and so we see the most uh, striking part of this of this arc is that uh, at this point morito and sayori actually seem to become friends for a little while because they actually have to work together to destroy the these massive towers that appeared that apparently are the let's say control centers for for this let's say uh war disabling effect more or less and so and get kotonoha back because at this point morito knows that he is in love with kotonoha and then they go and then yeah at this point the um, oh boy that there is so much that happens in so little time that it is really hard to explain but we learn that 
the Shogun actually was not killed by Sayori, the Shogun basically retired to helping this project of true peace. And then there is this philosophy battle between Morito and the Shogun that the Shogun believes that even though war is part of being human, the conflict is part of being human, uh, it is best for the world that we as humans don't actually enter conflict because eventually we we as humans will fade away because we we cannot not expand but we cannot live as ourselves without our instincts and whatever there is this whole the whole scene is way too long and way too complicated to explain here but again go read the manga the manga is good and probably is in amazon so there's this whole thing sayori dies at this point um Kotonohe is not even Kotonohe anymore. Basically, they Mutsuha got some kind of power that fused every one of them. So the normal number that appeared on Kotonoha's um, tattoo is now zero, who's no one but everyone at the same time. And she's finding full power with all the other languages that uh, Kotonoha has. And she fights Morito, and Morito eventually like breaks up the the. Hear me out. I'll protect you. Don't, you don't you don't need to do this. Let's go back, and and then there's this whole emotional kind of stuff. But then comes out Simon wanting to actually blow this thing right up. So Simon comes out, and yeah, Morito, now I will kill you. And then Morito implies implements a really dirty trick and a really fucked up one of that uh, the fight is really good but it it ends with dirty tricks and really fucked up things but anyways that's the basically the end of the manga is when we get to see the the whole world goes back to what it was and all the seven Personalities of Kotonoha uh, declare their love by Morito, and it is really cute, really really cute. And that's basically Gunx Clover. So, what is my opinion about it? As I already said, although I cannot explain well why this manga is so good, this manga is awesome. It is one of those one of those stories that it is not awesome. Because I get hyped up all the time. It is not awesome because uh, it is always happy. It is awesome because the way it's written and the characters and the whole thing is so well made. The themes are really heavy but are dealt with not only maturity but when they can sneak... um, the comedic the comedic relief is well placed that's the the way i would put it and the characters are something that uh yamaguchi mikoto all his works that i can read right that i'm reading right now all of them carry the same weight all his characters are complex really well written they they pull their weight and more in how clever they are, how well developed they are. One of the things that comes out in his works, not only here but all his works, is that the main character, not only the main character, but the 
all the characters eventually they they come out with a scheme and always is a really clever kind of deal a really well thought out you you go you become surprised because it's it's an angle that you could not have think uh, have thought of and to me it is gun x clover is a really good manga i would like it to have an anime i know for a fact that it probably will not because the themes are really heavy i don't i don't think they can fly with it on tv or streaming servers for that matter I mean, Edge Runners were was pretty heavy, but not not as heavy, not even close. The art is really nice. When it one of the things that happen a lot in this manga is that when it when it is cute, it is super cute. When it is fucked up, it is really fucked up. When it's violent, it is violent. It knows to pull out the best of the situation it it, it presents, and to me. That is a good manga. That is a good story. Um, so again, the characters, the story, the whole development, the mini arcs that appear are really, really good. And that's basically it. So if you like my reviews, if you like the show, if you like the work I do, please like, please share, please follow, depending on the platform you're in. Please subscribe. Join the Discord. And I'll see you next time. I hope you stick around. Bye.